You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, for any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. As Matt and I talk here on the podcast, I am actually in the Bills radio booth. I'm at practice here. I just got back from watching practice, and Matt, I will report, Josh Allen's on the practice field. He is throwing the ball. I tweeted out some video about it a little while ago as we talked kind of in the record here on the recording of part of the podcast. Um, It seems like he's on track to play. I don't think there's any issue there. However, Ed Oliver is not at practice again. Sean McDermott did say when Joe Biscalia asked him, um, are you hopeful he'll practice tomorrow, meaning Friday? He said, I am hopeful. That doesn't mean he's going to play. So that would be a big loss for the Bills on top of not having Daquan Jones. Yeah, it'd be a huge loss when you consider their other options at defensive tackle are not great. That doesn't mean they're terrible, but it just makes you wonder. Ed Oliver, I think it was he played close to 85% of snaps the last game, which is so so drastically different than how they usually approach their snap counts with defensive tackles or really just anybody on defense besides like, you know, the secondary and the linebackers. So they need Ed Oliver. Can they get by a week without Ed Oliver? Certainly. I think if it's okay, if you're rushing him back for one game, you just make sure that he's ready to go for the Thursday game and you should be able to go. You should be, you know, good to get a win. But at the same time, like, man, that's a big blow for the Bills with the the injuries that they've already sustained. Ooh, tell me this. I don't even want to say it. I was going to say, is he the most important player on that defense now, now that the other guys have been injured? I would have no. said it's Milano and Trey. I think Terrell Bernard is quickly becoming that player. Okay, fair. I mean, he's been awesome. So I think that you're probably spot on with that. But yeah, Ed Oliver's super important. Obviously, we'll find out more Friday. If it's a long-term thing, that's a really big problem for the Bills. If he misses a game, you should still be able to get the win. And by the way, that's no disrespect to guys like Taron Johnson, who you could make that argument for oh, as well, awesome or, right or other players on the team. But I think Terrell Bernard, and by the way, we should, we should talk a little bit about Terrell Bernard and the season he's having. He dug some stats up today to talk about it. Um, but I do want to bring it back to Ed Oliver real quick in the injury. We also have to remember here, the Bills have a game four days after, yeah. right? Thursday night against the Bucks. So even if Ed Oliver's kind of iffy, or anybody for that matter, Damian Harrison, concussion protocol, the next brain, also not practicing, and... Quentin Morris with the ankle injury not practicing. If any of these guys, let's say, I don't, I wouldn't expect Harris to be in this situation, but if any of these guys are close, 
Bills made elect to hold back on them as of yeah. to not re-aggravate something and not have them for a key AFC game two weeks from then because they have to play, obviously, the game on four, in four days against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, I think that in this case, it's better to be smart with all of these decisions and make sure that they are ready to go, even if that means giving them a couple days rest. It's tough, though. I think maybe I have a little bit of recency bias seeing how difficult the game was against the Giants. If the Bills would have beat the Giants decisively, I think I would have said the same thing. Like, yeah, you could honestly have it's almost a load management conversation. You could sit some of these guys and make sure that they're healthy for the more important games down the stretch and you should still be okay. But I don't know something about the Bills going against the Patriots on the road it it does not feel like it's ever going to be a cakewalk I I don't even really remember in years past right like last year the Patriots weren't very good the Bills went in there they won by a couple scores but it wasn't dominant you know the times that this team has gone on the road to New England they've been close-ish games so I, I don't think that the Patriots win this game, but I'm expecting something that's close. And obviously, if it's going to be what I think a close game, then you need as many guys as you can. Last year, they won 24-10 in a primetime game. Yeah, that was the Thursday night game. Um, I think, uh, and, and the only only thing the Patriots did in that game was literally throw it to a defensive back on offense. Who caught a touch, yeah, who caught a touchdown early in the game. Yeah, so I don't know. I just maybe maybe those. I think the ghosts of New England past are still in your head. Probably a little bit, probably, a little bit. <laughs> but, but, but there's totally a point fair. to be made here of Matt. There's a point to be made to your point, which I don't want to dismiss because I think the point to be made here is the bills offense hasn't looked great the last two weeks no. and the Patriots have Bill Belichick and they can still play some defense. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. like, so if you combine those things, this doesn't have to be the bills just walking into England and coming out with a three touchdown victory that did not happen against the giants. If the bills continue to sputter on offense as they have the last two weeks, this is going to be a dogfight at Gillette yeah. stadium. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Patriots defense, even without Gonzalez and Judon, is better than what the Giants have. The Bills scored 14 points against the Giants, and all of them came in the fourth quarter. I do not think that the offense is like this massive problem that cannot be fixed. But I think that it's trending in the direction that you want to get this thing figured out sooner rather than later, because if you don't, then I think it's going to cost you a couple bad games. Actually, you know, it's a conversation I had with Joe Biscaglia. You mentioned him earlier about how it felt like last year, the Jets game kind of was a signal that maybe the offense had some issues. And then for the next few weeks, they had the Josh injury, but they just did not look the same for a little while. So that's the thing. It's like, okay, there's been a lot of people talking about Ken Dorsey this week. There's been a lot of people talking about what's going on with the offense. You should be able to go score 30 points against this team. You should be able to do that pretty much against anybody. But are you able to execute and actually do that? Until they do, I'm going to have a little bit of doubts and just wondering what their ceiling actually is offensively. On the other side of the ball, Terrell Bernard, who I mentioned a little while ago, I want to give you his stat line for the year. 57 total tackles, five of those for loss, two sacks, two interceptions, two QB hurries, two fumble recoveries, two pass breakups. Matt, not only is he the only player in the NFL, not just linebacker, the only player in the entire NFL with at least 50 tackles and two sacks, he's also the only player with at least 50 tackles and at least two fumble recoveries. Now, that can be a little bit of luck, but it does show that he's around the ball a lot. Think back to preseason. Think Uh back to training camp. I know he missed the time. Think back to the draft. Think back to losing free agency before that, Tremaine Edmonds, and all the questions and how many people basically said the Bills were dumb for not going out and addressing middle linebacker and how can you go in-house? They don't have anybody. Look how small this guy is. The Bills made the right call. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. They did. They absolutely did. And I think this has worked out better than even they would have anticipated. I agree. So he has exceeded all of the expectations. I remember when they drafted Terrell Bernard, you know, we're sitting there in the drafts, we're sitting there in the media room covering the draft and you know how they bring out all the papers with all the stats on it. And he had that crazy bowl game with Baylor where he had, I think like 18 tackles or something. He was the player of the game. They win the game. And it was like, okay, like, that is impressive, but how does this translate to the NFL as an undersized linebacker? And when he was next to Milano, it was like, okay, he certainly looks like he is capable of playing this, but maybe it's just easier for him because he gets to play next to one of the best linebackers in the entire NFL. But even since the Milano injury, he has been out there making plays, flying all over the field. So the thing that we've always said about the linebacker position, even going back to Tremaine Edmonds, Splash plays. You need to make the splash plays. And that's something that Edmonds did not do a good enough job of while he was here. Awesome player. Did a lot for them. But, I mean, what are we, six games into the season? And look at all of the moments that Bernard has already had. I mean, it's not even just the numbers. I think on the play where Tyrod hands it to Saquon at the end of the second quarter that they shouldn't have done, Who's the guy who stops him? It's Bernard. And then he can tell from everybody else, like he's the one who makes that play. That is a massive swing in that game. If they do not make that play, they probably lose the game. Even in the game that they lost to the Jags, Bernard was all over the place. So I've really liked his play. And also it's not to this level. Certainly Dorian Williams looks like he might be a player too. I agree with that. We, we all kind of have seen the, you know, kind of, Overpursued a little bit here or there. Flashes, the missed tackles yes. in the Jacksonville game. I'm not worried about that. I, I think uh-huh. those things happen with reps. You, you're taking a player clean off his couch, basically. I shouldn't say it that way. Clean off the bench. He was playing, obviously. Mm-hmm. He was on special teams. Yeah. But you're putting him in the middle of a ready-made defense that's here to try and win a Super Bowl and asking him to fill Matt Milano's shoes. And this kid hasn't had enough reps. And that's not a fault of the Bills. I mean, how is he supposed to play? I totally get that. But I thought he... I didn't love, I didn't hate his game against Jacksonville. He just made a few mistakes. They took him out yeah. because he was over-pursuing and missing tackles. I thought he was much better against the Giants. It still wasn't perfect. He's no. going to get better, Matt. He's going to make oh. those plays. And I love what Sean McDermott said this week about him. Oh, yeah. He said, this guy, he is all about football. He's all about studying his craft. And that's the kind of guy, the Bills DNA, they like. I really like his game, and I think he can be a special player for sure. I'm glad you brought up what Sean said because I actually, after listening back to the press conference from Wednesday when Sean was specifically asked about him, I had one of those moments where, you know, if you've covered the Bills long enough or even if you've just listened to Sean long enough, you can tell when he's saying something because he, like, genuinely believes it and he's not trying to send a message to somebody because, you know, it's a balance of a head coach. It's like you're actually saying you genuinely feel this way about something or you want that person to know you're saying X, Y, or Z about them. His answer about Dorian Williams felt like he is genuinely optimistic about what this kid can bring to the team, not just this year, 
but also down the road. You know, when Matt Milano's healthy and ready to go, Matt Milano's going to be on the field. But that doesn't mean there's not a world where Dorian Williams can be rotated in or he can be, you know, your extra linebacker if you think they're going to run the ball or something like that. So it feels like they have certainly hit on Bernard and Dorian Williams. The sample size is small, is trending in the direction of a player who could, you know, be impactful for a while for them. Maybe Dorian Williams' extension could mean a longer career for Taron Johnson. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. you don't have to play as much nickel because you have a guy that can fly around and and do that. That's a discussion down the road, but I agree. And it's a good problem to have, obviously, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. I just want to also go back. This is not to disparage Tremaine Edmonds, but uh-huh. just to give a comparison for everybody. We just told you all the stat numbers on Terrell Bernard. Uh-huh. 57 tackles, five for loss, and then two of everything. Two sacks, two interceptions. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds, 54 tackles, three tackles for loss. No interceptions, no quarterback hurries even on the season. I don't no know. Sacks. I don't know if he ever had a season where he had more than two interceptions, which Bernard has already had while he was with the Bills. I think he had a year or two where he did have two. And I'm not saying that's the only mark of what makes a good linebacker. I'm just saying right. talk about those specifically splash make those plays. plays. Make those plays. And Bernard feels like he has a knack to do it. There's one other person I want to give a little bit of a shout out to because I don't think we talked about him enough following the Giants game. Christian Benford is another one of those young players who is emerging as like a very solid, capable player. He is going to get beat by elite wide receivers. Great corners do. So that's not going to be, you know, something that does not happen. Another week, though, where you have a matchup where you think your secondary should be able to do a pretty good job. I fully think that if they're healthy, their two starters are going to be Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. But with those two guys on the field, Christian Benford is your number one corner. And I like what he brings to the table. By the way, Dane Jackson practicing today for the Bills, which is really good news. Kyrie Elam practicing today. He was mentioned as an ankle injury. The only three people not practicing on Thursday are Ed Oliver, Quentin Morris, and Damian Harris. We'll get a full update on Friday. By the time you listen to this, you might already know, exa- might already know exactly. By the way, I mean, I might as well just let everybody know in case you haven't, because I've never really plugged it on here. The only place to hear Sean McDermott every Friday is on the Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. There's no other media. Every Friday, he gives the injury report. We have him. I talk with him with Sneaky Jody Biasi. So check that out on Fridays. You'll get the injury report with Sean McDermott ahead of the Thursday night game next week. It'll be on Wednesday. All right, let's take a look around the NFL. This is a really, really big week in the AFC, and I'll explain why. 